What's good, party people? This is Voodoo in the Woods. I'm according to Woods, and he is former U of MMA champion Pius Ina Lalobo, better known as Voodoo Maximus. And we are reviewing or previewing rather the fight night, UFC fight night, Derek Lewis versus Chris Dawkins. I almost said Chris Lewis. And Derek Dawkins, because my fucking <laughs> head is all out of whack. But uh, Voodoo, how are you? I'm doing great, my man. I'm doing great. Uh, I got a little work in today. I felt fantastic. Uh, we're gonna be go. We, uh, uh, we're gonna be uh, getting two weeks off from work, so that means I'm going hard in the paint, getting back to my kettlebell swings. There and go. Uh, I got to get this fat off, man. I tried the fat. And it just don't look good on me. So I got to get this fat right off. <laughs> I mean, I have uh, unsuccessfully called it unfat fucking myself because I'm all for body positivity. But, you know, my parents died young and everything like that. So for me to be this big, yeah, I'm a fat fuck, right? So I got to unfat fuck myself. Um, hey, I'm with you on that, man. Yes. I'm on the same train, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, so, I mean, we're, we're not even a minute in. We got your swinger and uh, <laughs> and we're running trains. <laughs> is, is, is that, it's light at night, folks. This ain't your mama's PG. Or no, it ain't. Uh-uh. But then again, I mean, have you seen fucking, uh, what's your face? Karen Bryant with Hanach uh, on Instagram Live? Like, yeah, they ain't PG. As shit anywhere, you know. Anytime you got Uncle Halnach, he's all about the fruits and vegetables and poha carajo and fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, always hitting on the Ken Bryan, you know. So <laughs> just saying. Uh the good sister Takia Powell says, Hey guys, how What's are up, you? Takia? Shout out Takia, shout out Marquise all day, every day. Let's go. Yes, yes, I'm here. And then uh Jamal King Harris says Left my ass off me too. Yes. And what's uh, up, Jamal? Long time no see, man. When you coming back to the 805? Yeah, so we can get that work in. You know what I'm saying? I ain't right. I don't think we've ever worked, man. Ooh. Let me know when you're coming through and I'll come through. You know what I'm saying? Let's get that work. Yeah, work, 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 work. That's that's the deal. Uh and Sean Sean John Thompson says, What's up, guys? Sean what's up, Wishlow? What's going on? What's going on? What it do? So, so my goodness, the UFC fight night, not Cater versus uh Chikatsi, right? We we got Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins, right? Uh, right off the bat, this is a cool little deal because uh we are actually welcoming into the UFC somebody that you and I know pretty well on the local scene. We basically get, uh, saw him win the Lights Out Extreme Fight, uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting Bantamweight Championship from Albert Moria Morales, uh, the Belgian Warrior Morales. But one Victor Mangonesta uh, Henry is uh, making his UFC debut on a uh, like maybe a week's notice, you know. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, I think, I mean, he's local to us, but. Local to Vegas, where this is actually taking place, is Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King, returns. He is eight and one. Uh, this guy is one of the most unique 
mother truckers around. Um, he's, he, he marches to the beat of his own drum. You know, we basically saw him. Uh, I mean, he kind of pranced, split his way into our hearts. Uh, with the man with the win over Matt Winman, um, where he just slammed the motherfucker. He just went bye, and that was it. And then he fucking did the splits and whatever. Uh, he's a fourth generation Las Vegan. Uh, he's the Monkey King. Yes, um, these two fellas are both veterans of the UFC. However, the Monkey King is one that is uh, rings louder, louder, loudest in my ear. So I'm going with the Monkey King to win this one by either split decision or a lucky submission win. Yes. And we didn't even get into his opponent, Robo Matt Sales, uh, who comes out of Alliance down in San Diego. Lions uh, MMA. Yeah, absolutely. He he basically last time that we saw him in the octagon, he uh lost to Bryce Mitchell when Bryce Mitchell hit a fucking twister on him back at UFC on ESPN 7. That was back in December of 2019. So a good two years since we last saw Bryce Mitchell uh, in the octagon. And uh, now he's back. And again, Monkey King himself is uh, coming off of a loss. And that loss was a decision loss to a Brazilian fella named Claudio Puelas, I yes. believe. Right, absolutely. So... Um, yeah, so it's the, the, the the thing here is Matt Salis is moving up from featherweight to lightweight. Yes, he will have more liquid in him, but is he ready? Is he going to be is he going to feel at home at 155? Or is it going to be um a, a new thing for him? This is yet to be discovered. Uh, Jordan, however, we know he's a lightweight. He's been in, at lightweight for some time now, and um, he is more established at lightweight. So we will see. But I'm going for Jordan to win this one either by split decision or a lucky submission. There you go. Uh, Monkey King, I, why the fuck not? And he's always fun to watch. So I'm going to go Monkey King. I don't care how it happens. It's going to be – it's just going to be odd. Man, I can't wait until he gets off of the fucking – uh, fight night cards, the ESPN Plus cards, and moves all over to the pay-per-view uh, presentation of the UFC so he can fucking get Rogan. <laughs> you know, you got Rogan, who's a stoned ape uh, or believes in a stoned ape theory, and the Monkey King. I think that would be fucking Catmus must-see TV, you know? So I'm just saying um, I hope Jordan wins so he can fight on a pay-per-view to get interviewed by Rogan. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, Takia's uh, me too. Me Hell too. Hell yeah, me too. And he's not on here. Hello. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, he, he's not on here. Um, it's the the gent that you were talking about, uh, Vidu. Yeah. I was like, hey, shout out to. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name, but uh, apparently he's not here. So there you go. Uh, but who is here is one Josh Parisian, who's 14 and 4. Uh, this is a gentleman coming from uh, the Scorpion fighting system, right? He last beat Roki Martinez in a split decision win 
back in June of this year, this year being 2020. But uh, before that, losing to Parker Porter via unanimous decision. And then beat Chad Johnson, uh, basically on the Dana White Contender Series in August of 2020. And now he's here, right? And I'm not talking about Chad Ochocinco or Chad Johnson, uh, Chad Ochocinco's given name. We're talking about a completely different Chad Johnson. So not to get the two confused. But he is facing Don Don Tale? <laughs> Don Tail. Don Tail. But yeah. Uh Dragon Tail. Lord Kong. His his name is Lord his fighting alias is Lord Kong, who also has a win over Rookie Martinez. Uh but it lost to Rodrigo Nascimento, right? And Spiro Gone, the current UFC interim heavyweight champion. He, he, he got heel hooked by Ciro Gone, which is wild to think about because Ciro Gone is a fucking striker. But <laughs> hey, 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 the thing here is the thing here is they do have one thing in common, and that's Roque Martinez. Yeah. You and I both know Roque Martinez. Josh beat Roque by split decision. That means yeah. Roque almost won. Yeah. Don Tail beat him by unanimous decision. Mm -hmm. That was convincing. So that's clear to me. I'm going with Don Tail, Lord Kong, Mayors to win this one really? by dominant decision. Okay. <laughs> I mean... I'm I'm actually going the other way. Okay. Uh, and going Parisian because okay. I don't know Lord Kong. It's just yeah. I'm I'm assuming that it's going to be uh one uh what's his name Jesus what, uh, Joel Joel Martinez is the ring announcer for this one right and. Make some noise if you are ready. Right? Are ready. Yes. So imagine Don Tale, Lord Kong, or is it Lord Kong, Don Tale, Maze? Uh, and I like just phonetically, I just want to go Myers, not Maze, Don Tale, Myers. I don't know. Um, that's a rough one to say. And that's why, I mean, Josh Reason. Uh, he doesn't have a fight moniker, but also I can't remember the last time Josh Parisian fought. So hopefully Josh Parisian uh, defeats Lord Kong in a way that maybe it'll jog my memory. I mean, 2021 has been a lot of fucking fights. So <laughs> let me tell you something. By the time Don Tail Mayor's Lord Kong is done with your boy Josh Parisian. His new moniker will be the drum because Don Tail is going to beat him like a drum. Yeah, you know, that could absolutely happen. Um, but the thing about it is, I, I it's not my boy. That's like we're not hanging his Parisian, we're not sharing one of those big ass. Parmesan wheels full of spaghetti with a light on fire and shit like that. Well, I, I, I don't know that dude from anything. So before, <laughs> you know, before we get into it, like, yeah, I, I don't want to say perceptions are everything, but, uh, I mean, Parisian looks like a real American. 
Five we shall we, five, we, we, we shall rights. see come Saturday. I don't know. I thought we saw it on January 6th, but anywho. Um, so we got Raquel Pennington, 12-8, right, against Macy Chiasan. Now, this is fun because the reason – I mean, one of the ways that we know Raquel Pennington – or first came to know Raquel, Rocky Bennington, was via the Ultimate Fighter, where she was on Team Rousey um, with, you know, against uh, Misha Tate's team, right? And now she is facing Macy Chieson, who won the Ultimate Fighter back in 2019. I believe it was. Or is it 2018? I want to say it's 2018. Because coming back from it, that's when me and Blake Troop got into a crash. So, right. yeah, yeah. So it's 2018. Yeah. Because that was 11 30, 2018, where she actually beat Bonnie Kianzad um, by rear naked choke, which is wild. And then mm. the very next day, coming back from said fight in Vegas, uh, Troop and I got into a crash. So, uh, I, I uh, for, for better or worse, Macy Chiasan is etched in my brain. Um, so there, there's that. Um, oh, Jamal Harris says Gane is good, but uh, Francis is a different fighter now. Um, and that fight goes to decision. And Rocky gets it. Well, she definitely got allegedly uh, Tisha Torres, the tiny tornado. So they're getting it, presumably. Even though. Even though I haven't seen them together in the social media posts, whatever. Is it like a Charlotte Andrade thing where they unfollowed each other on social media, but they're still together, crying away from the Rebel Kai? And it's pretty shitty of me to bring up their personal interactions on here, but um, there's that. Um, uh, which I, I don't know who's in the running who have the, like in my head, Amanda Nunes and Nina Nunes' baby versus. An offspring of Raquel Pennington and Tisha Torres. That'll be that'll head well, UFC 350. You know, um, probably in 20 years time. Hmm. Hey, this particular fight is gonna be a banger, and it's gonna be a banger because they're both very good boxers. Raquel, however, is more polished. She's got more experience. She's been in there with the very best in the world. Macy is on her way up. And I believe she will be moving on to seven and two because Raquel knows exactly what to do, when to shoot, chase the, chase the tra trajectory of the fight, take it to the ground if she has to. She's going to do that. But the majority of this fight is going to be on the feet. And Raquel has better boxing, I believe. So Raquel, if she happens to get rocked or anything like that, she's going to change levels and uh, clinch, change levels, take it to the ground. What's Macy going to do when she gets on the ground? This is the question. This is a question that needs to be answered. And um, I don't think she's ready. Um, Raquel is number seven for a reason. And Raquel will win no less than split decision. Yeah, you know, and here's the other thing. You know, um, you said Macy is on the way up. And I don't dispute that. But, you know, some people in MMA Twitter are basically saying that, you know, that loss to Lena Lannisberg, right? Mm. Can you, I can't pick Lena out of the uh, lineup, unfortunately. Um, 
and then she's gotten decisions with uh, Shana. She's won decisions against Shana Young and Marin Renault. But you remember what they were saying about Renault in a retirement fight with Misha Tate, right? Older, not saying that she isn't skilled, but she's an older uh, competitor, right? I mean, so I, I was expecting her to finish Marion Renault. That's what I'm saying. And um, yeah. you know, I agree. But Raquel Pennington still, she's still a, a major contender. You yeah. Know? And um, I just don't see her losing to Macy unless she gets clipped and she gets put out. If she right. doesn't go to sleep, she wins by split decision. Nothing less. No, nah, I, I mean, I can't go again. I mean, Raquel Pennington, her and Tisha Torres, you know, since that season of Ultimate Fighter, um, they have been some of the, even in losses, some of the most dynamic fighters to watch. So, yeah, my Mari Yamasaki's go with Raquel Pennington. And this is at featherweight, right? Women's featherweight, which is crazy because after what happened to Amanda Nunes, the UFC women's featherweight champion in a bantamweight title fight against one Venezuelan vixen, Juliana Pena, well, she's not as invincible as we once thought, right? So she's got kinks in the armor, right? And this is a, an awesome place to be if you're Raquel Pennington or Macy Chiasan, or any female in the top 10 of the women's featherweight division, because we would be like, oh, damn, shit, you got to fight Nunes. But now, Nunes looks beatable. You, she lost one of her double titles, so I'm just saying, this is a good place if you're a competitor. And I love Nunes, you know, so that's nothing against it. But if you're a competitor, seeing what you saw with Yulana Pena, you got to be like, hey, this is a nice spot for me to be in. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I really do believe there is such a thing as emotional gas tank. And um, Amanda Nunes, she said she 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 fell off. She lacked emotional gas tank. Uh, yeah. She couldn't put a finger on it, but it's right there under her nose the whole time. She just couldn't figure it out. And she probably still wouldn't figure it out until until many many days and months of reflecting then it it hit her but um i wish her the very best you know she is very good but um the blueprint for beating her is there now you know yeah so it is what it is absolutely and jamal king harris says rocky comes forward which is absolutely yeah. pressure true. pressure yeah. Pressure busts pipes, and pressure makes diamonds. Uh, in this case, Raquel will be the diamonds, and the pipe will be Macy Chieson. Okay. I like it. So I think they got a unanimous pick here. You know, so shout out to Raquel Pennington in your victory. Again, nothing against Macy Chieson, but again, there's levels to the shit, and Raquel Pennington is seemingly levels ahead, you know? But speaking of going ahead, we have Andre Yule, Mr. Highlight, 17 and 8, going against Mr. Finland, one Charles. I'm sorry, that's not Air. I mean, Air Jordan. Air Jordan. Yeah, why did I confuse him with the other uh, Marikwani? That's who I'm. There's a lot of names bouncing around my fucking head this time of night. But uh, yes, we got Air Jordan versus 
Mr. Highlights. Now, let's look at Mr. Highlight, who is a tenured veteran of combat sports. I mean, uh, he's coming off of two losses, actually. Uh, he gets uh, a unanimous decision loss against Chris Gutierrez, and then he gets KO'd by Julia, uh, Julio Arce, Ar Ar Mm -hmm. You know, back in July of this year, of yeah. 2021, right? Um, and that's a scary place to be because you got Charles Air Jordan, who's 11, 4, and 1. Uh, he lost to Julian Erosa mm -hmm. via dark stroke, but bought, he beat Marcelo Rojo in the very third round back in March by KOing him. Right, but he he fell to he fell to uh, Andre Tachifili, lost via split decision, and then he went to a draw with Joshua Kulibao, mm -hmm. and then uh, but he KOs Adohu Choi with a left cross back in 2019. So that's yeah. a very up and down kind of UFC tenure for Charles Air Jordan. What say you, Vudu? Um, <clears throat> Andre Ewell, um. He's decent. He's decent. But so is Charles Jordan. But I, I but the difference here is they call this man Air Jordan because he pushes the envelope. He tries to he try he understands the idea of free flow. He gets that he gets that already. And he tries to access free flow as often as possible. Which is why they call him Air Jordan, you know. Michael Jordan access uh, a free flow when he played basketball. This fella here, he 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 is on that path, and because he is seeking to make it to the next level of MMA striking, I am going with Charles Jordan to win this one by unanimous decision. I think he's going to outstrike Andre Ewell in this particular matchup. What say you, my man? I, you know what? I'm not sure. This one is a, a coin toss for me. I know Charles Ear Jordan is, uh, it, it is more of a, in recent memory, more of a Mr. Highlight than Andre Yule. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, granted that. But um, I feel like both gentlemen are fighting for their UFC livelihood. Right, this is sink or swim. Right, yeah. one coming off of a you know two straight losses, and then come a kind of a checkered pathway thus far with the other. So this one is a must win, right? I mean, you're cutting weight. Hopefully, you can get some rum chata or eggnog in you or whatever after this fight. Once you have a solid, solid uh, foundation in the UFC, you know, a, a solid footing rather. Right, but if not, guess what? It's not you know back to the regional scene you go. Mm -hmm. So that's a rough one. So uh, to me, it's a toss up. What I feel needs to happen is, oh, you know this guy, you know this guy, Bilal Muhammad, right? Remember thy name. Mm -hmm. These two, win, lose or draw, are going to have to do something that will make us the UFC fan base to remember their name. Otherwise, off with their head. Mm -hmm. and, and by their head, not their actual head. I'm just saying the roster cuts and what have you. So um, 
that's it. So for me, I, I mean, if you're going Jordan, I would probably went there too. But just to show you how kind of flippant it can be, let's go with Andre Yule for me. Yes, that 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 is not a bad pick because uh, the fact of the matter is, like you said, these two gentlemen are fighting for for a place at the table, and um, they're willing to, they're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to get that seat. It's like that musical chair, you know. Everyone rushes to sit down, and um, <clears throat> there's one more chair left between these two. And who's going to get that seat? It's a 50-50% chance. But um, I, I, it's, a, it's, it's a good split. It's a good split. I'll go Jordan. You go Ewell. No problem. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I definitely like, right, is this fight in the women's flyweight division. That is one Sajara Sarge Eubanks, 7-6, and six, with against Melissa Gatto, who is 7-0-2. Now, let's go with Gato, right? Uh, she basically beat Carol Rosa, Carol Rosa by Kimura back in 2018 in the, literally, the regional seed of Brazil, right? Chris, but, Chris Yeah, absolutely, right? And now Carol Rosa, uh, along with... Uh, with uh, Gato or is in the UFC. So it's, I mean, it's Chris Cyborg has an eye for Brazilian talent, you know? So um, with that, I'll be, and it's funny because I, I have a California state title here. Um, that was basically the first women's bantamweight title won by Brooke Mayo, but it was defended or, or won rather at Chris Cyborg's co-promoted Genesis MMA show way back in the day. I believe it was 2017. So um, that just shows you everything you need to know, right? But Gato is probably facing the toughest fight in her career, toughest mm -hmm. test in Sajar Sarge Eubanks. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who, you know, during this kind of COVID era of, of fights, you know, she wasn't doing – I think she was 50-50, something – like she had a, like a 50-50 record. It was her and uh, Shanna Dobson. Mm -hmm. We're like, whoa, they're still here. Mm -hmm. They're still here. But mm -hmm. in the instance of Sajar Eubanks, that win over Julia the Raging Panda Avila, man, they. I mean, she shut down Avila down, and Avila ain't no. I mean, fuck. I I trained with my kid uh, Julia Avila way way back in the day when I first started, and she threw me clear across the room, bouncing at the feet of my wife, and my wife was just like, "You still want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, uh, let's do this." But Julia Avila is tough, so for Sajar Eubanks, you know, to fucking beat uh, Julia as Julia's star was rising, almost reminiscent of what we are seeing now of Lupita Gudinas. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. uh, shit me, you know. And for me, Sajar always got much like the aforementioned Shana Dobson always comes to fight, you know, basically scoring a KO TKO victory over Elise Reed back in July of this year. So she wants to get one before the year is um, is out, presumably, you know, wants a fifty thousand dollar bonus, you know. Uh, Associate that Elise Reed 
you know, win coming after she lost back-to-back unanimous decisions to Caitlin Vieira and Pane Kianzad, right? Mm. So, man, oh, man, oh, man, I got the Sarge. I'm rolling with Sarge, mm. eight and six. Um, you know, nothing against Gato, but there's levels to this shit. Mm-hmm. I, I believe just just in where Sujar Eubanks, you know, she came into the UFC uh, pretty early in her career, right, via the Ultimate Fighter, you know, uh, yeah, the Ultimate Fighter, right? She's faced uh, Maya, uh, at the time it was Stevenson, now it's Kuna L.A., right, mm-hmm. who has gone on to, you know, go to Bellator, but she's done bare knuckle fighting, you know, a championship. She's a tough, tough cookie. And then Deanna Bennett, who's in essentially in Bellator now, right? And the legendary Roxanne Modafferi, right? Wins over Lauren Murphy. And then another win over Modafferi, right? But then losing to Aspen Ladd and Betch Coea, you know, and then the Sarah Morash, Morris. I say I got confused with the Brazilian pronunciation, but Sarah Morris uh, and Julia Avaladil. So she's faced a lot of top tier competition, right? So I'm rocking with Sarge. I also will be rocking with Sarge as well because uh, she is a UFC veteran. She's seen very stiff competition. But <clears throat> the thing here is she's got distant enough wrestling to counter the Brazilian jiu-jitsu of Melissa Gatto. Melissa Gatto is very, very good with the armbar. She's mean. She will break your arm off if you do not tap quick enough, as her last opponent saw. Um, she doesn't play. She doesn't play. Uh, she will come for that for that armbar. She will come for that kimura. She's an arm specialist. Uh, she will take your arm home with her if you allow it. I do not believe Saj will allow that. Uh, in all of her fights, she's never been submitted, and I don't believe Melissa will be the one to submit her now. So I also will go with Saj, and I see a stoppage in the third. Well, you you want to talk about jujitsu and all that jazz, right? You guys, you forget. You guys forget that Sajara Eubanks has trained and owned her jiu-jitsu via Lloyd Irvin, right? One of the baddest hombres, baddest black belts ever, ever to do the sucking shit. So I'm just saying, that Gato wants to fucking do the jiu-jitsu? Good luck. Cool. Cool story. Cool story, sis. Let's see how that works. Because, I, I, I mean, this is pretty much going to be an EBI or Josh Barnett's blood sport. This is going to be, you know, if you're talking about the evolution of MMA, right? Basically, that that's it, right? The, the striker and, the you know, what separates the ground fighter from the striker, right? And you get this, whether it be, you know, a Josh Barnett's blood sport where it's only KOs or submission, right? Or, you know, an EBI or a combat jiu-jitsu, rather, where it's open-hand slaps. Puerto Rican slap boxing, like uh, Uncle Alnats would normally say, right? So this is going to be that kind of missing link, right? You, yes, you're going to see some fucking punches and, you know, it's going to look nice. They're going to look crisp with it or some not so crisp. But then when if they get to the ground, which I'm hoping for, they get to the ground and that's going to be a fucking amazing shit 
right there. So, but yeah, I'm rocking with Sarge. Um, I feel you know, Gato has something, but it's not here, not here, not with Sarge, Mm-mm, not yet. 100%, 100%. But speaking of things that are here just yet, we have Harry Hansucker, seven and four, a two time, um. Uh, regional champion in another organization that is hr mma in kind of the uh, the panhandle i believe they're in arkansas somewhere in there uh la, 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 la. kentucky i'm sorry kentucky they've got the, one of the most uh, interesting uh belts because it's literally hard rock mma it, it's a it's a wild title design but i like things that just don't look like n- anything else you've ever seen but that's another story for another day right that's where harry hunsucker is coming from he's got that fucking kentucky beat the shit out you you know um so and i mean he lost to none other than tai to ivasa but he's tied to ivasa but he won he beat Corey moon almost in a similar instance uh as tied to ivasa basically did to him welcoming him to the UFC. Now, Hunsucker is facing another um, literally thunder from down under. The bad man, Justin Taffa, who is four and three. Um, Taffa basically beat Juan Adams. Um, he lost to Joran de Castro. Who the fuck loses to Joran de Castro? Oh, Justin. Ah, fuck, man. I really wanted to, to pick you, man. I really did, man. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. No, I can't. You lost to fucking Joran DeCastro. You got KO'd by Joran DeCastro. What the fuck? I literally look like the body type of Joran DeCastro. Actually, you know what? Joran DeCastro makes me look like a fucking Adonis. There you go. Never forget. Um, But... You know, beat one Adams, KOs one Adams, and then, I mean, uses via split decision against Carlos Felipe, and then Jared Vendera uh, loses by unanimous decision. So he doesn't like to go long in the teeth, right? Which I feel Harry Hunsucker might be uniquely suited to uh, have a hurricane go through one Justin Taffa. What say you? The, 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 these two fellas have one person in common, Jared Vandera. Mm-hmm. Um, Taffa lost by unanimous decision, while Hunsucker lost by ground and pound. These two fighters aren't going to go to the ground. This is why the UFC paired them together. It's going to be a, a rock'em, sock'em robot, and it's a 50-50% chance of Whoever is going to win, whoever lands first. I mean, this is a heavyweight division. Whoever hits the spot will win the match. I'm going to go with Justin Taffa. Okay. 50 split. So I'll go with Justin Taffa. You got Harry, double H. And here's, here's, the, here's the deal, right? You say he doesn't have, you know, this is going to be Rock'em Sock'em Robots. This is why I'm advocating for Harry Hunsucker, right? Uh, which... 
especially what happened, you know, the, there was a tornado that rolled through that region of the country. So having the hurricane as your moniker might not be the best of uh, uh, best of times. But in any event, this gentleman has a rear naked choke win over Tim Dunn, right, at Hard, Hard Rock MMA 97 back in 2018. He also has an Americana win. He also has a Kimura win, right? In addition to KOs. This motherfucker is a finisher. Mm. And not just a finisher, because all of those coming via round one, right? So I think in the instance of both gentlemen, right, they, they, can't, they can't blow their loads. They can't. Because, I mean, Harry's fucking fights, they don't get out of the first round. And the same thing with Tafa. And if they get out of the fucking first round, Tafa's usually losing. But in terms of, you know, things in their arsenal, I just feel like Hunsucker has a little bit more than uh, than his opponent, Justin Tafa. So that's why I'm going Harry. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. But um, the power that's going to be willed between the two. Yeah. I, I don't see technique being the result of this matchup. It's going to be rock'em, sock'em, and then somebody's head's going to pop up. Fuck yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not saying that's not going to happen. That could absolutely fucking happen. But that's it. You know, that's just throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. Or, you know, whose head fucking pops off the fucking shoulders. Man, it's going to be a, 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 a... What is it? A KO time? That's what the fucking... Uh, uh, at the end of the uh, Flintstones, we'll have a gay old time. That's it, you know. So uh, there you go. Now yep. speaking of a hell of a time, shit me. Finally, finally, Victor Henry is a member of the UFC roster. This is a gentleman who was a former deep bantamweight champion, who is ranked the number one. It's still ranked. The number one bantamweight in Japan. That's crazy to think that uh, Victor Henry, which is not crazy to think, but look at all the badass motherfuckers that Japan produces in every division, but specifically at bantamweight. And Victor Henry is the king, right? So won the fucking deep bantamweight championship. I actually saw it on on uh, Josh's uh, social media. Josh Barnett, Victor Henry's uh, head coach, right? And he was like, yeah, we were supposed to fucking defend the deep, deep title in Japan. And then the fucking pandemic happened, right? And then this long sabbatical. And what happens? He fights Albert Morales at Lights Out, which you and I were both there. And guess what? He fucking wins. He fucking wins the fucking title at Lights Out, right? So he, now he's in, a, I mean, a hell of a record. He's still young. 21 and 5, a world of experience, right? And he's facing Ryoni Brussels. Now, Ryoni, right, uh, lost to Tamir Valiev via majority decision, but that has wins over Khalid Taha via unanimous decision and Saeed Nurmagomedov, which, I mean, get the fucking, you know, last thing with the fucking Nurmagomedov, you know, that's. That's something. That is something. But, Jesus Christ. If you aren't picking Victor Henry in this one, I don't know what 
the fuck, man? Because, like, again, rear naked choke win over Albert Morales just in October, right? Rear naked choke uh, at Lights Out Extreme Fighting 6, right? I mean, tour through Risen, RCC, Deep, CXF. This guy, you know, and he was in Quintet. He was a part of Josh Burnett and, and Sakuraba's fucking team in Quintet, the fight night in Tokyo, mm-hmm. right? So just fucking hell, man. Victor Henry, this is it. This is it. This is what we've all been waiting for, man. Fuck it. I don't care how it fucking happens, man. And I, you know what? Fuck it. One of those cats resting, those fucking grimy, gritty fucking free scratch. Let's say that. That's how that's how Victor Henry's gonna win. Because it's taking him so fucking long to get to the fucking UFC. You know, I I don't know for sure. I don't know if it's the heat that you know maybe Josh has. Oh, not Josh has. I'm not I'm gonna speak for Josh, but there's some kind of acrimonious deal between the UFC and Josh Barnett or whatever. And I hope that's not it or whatever, but for whatever fucking reason. 21 and 5 and just barely get into the UFC. Not even the fucking Gina White Contender Series or whatever the fuck. So tonight, or actually Saturday night, rather, is going to be La Mongolista. Uh, uh, Mongosta. There mm-hmm. you go. I don't know why I said Mongolista. Mm-hmm. But Mongosta, Victor Henry's fucking time to shine. Well, what we have here is a battle between wrestling and jiu-jitsu. Um, the anti-jujitsu is wrestling, and Victor Henry has a lot of that. But catch the, wrestling, fuck yes. Yeah, catch wrestling on top of that. The problem here is to to execute this style of wrestling, one needs enormous cardio or gas tank, and Victor Henry has that. He has that. He has the experience on his side. He has a wrestling, the anti-jujitsu on his side. So if he doesn't make any mistakes, I see him winning by split decision, causing an upset. Victor Henry by split decision. Yeah. Fuck yes. I I like it, love it, want some more of it. So shout out to Victor. Um, getting, I'm so happy for him for finally getting his fucking adjust due, right? Congratulations now, to that fella. Hell yes. Now, uh, in the 185-pound division, we have Dustin Stolfus against one GM3, Gerard Nishart, right? Now, Stolfus, you know, coming off of a, a two straight losses against Kyle Dawkins mm-hmm. and Rodolfo Vieira, right? He, Dawkins, he drops a, a unanimous decision, right, mm-hmm. too. And then Rodolfo, he gets rare naked choked, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, I mean, he came to us via Dana White Contender Series last year in 2020 and where he fucking slammed Josh Pfeiffer and uh, basically fucking broke his arm. That's that's how we know Stolfus. But G- GM3, Jesus Christ, 33 and 14. Can you find a... More tenured fucking bad. I mean, I'm bad. I'm weight. What is it? 185. Was that welterweight? That's welterweight, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah. Can you can you find a more tenured? Uh, uh, no, no, no. 185. Is it middleweight? Middleweight. Wait. 
Yeah, middleweight. What's yeah. away? One seventy. One seventy. Yeah, it was one of those. It was the the jump before. Uh, what is it? Light light heavyweight, right? The, the one eighty five, and then you jump way the fuck up to two hundred five, which is fucking crazy. But that's another story for another day. But GM three coming off of two fucking finishes, right? Against Bartosz Fabinski, power guillotine, right? Not just a regular guillotine, a fucking power guillotine, right? And a rear naked choke over Mahmoud Muradov, right? I, that's it. It's GM3 for me. That's it. Yeah, man. He's going to fucking fuck up somehow. You know that, that wicked free scrap that I was talking about, Victor Henry? Well, guess what? We might see it times two, back yeah. to back with yeah. GM3. Yeah, Dustin is good. You know, he's a very good grappler. Uh, uh, he's got decent, okay striking. Um, few knockouts here and there. But uh, Mirchart, GM3, is the superior grappler. Um, he's more established in the UFC. He's seen very, very stiff competition. And there's, I don't think Dustin is going to come in here and do anything that he hasn't seen already. Uh, Mirchart is going to control the match. He's going to... Close the distance, put him on the fence, uh, dirty boxing, take him to the ground, finish him on the ground. It is what it is. He'll finish him in a third, no problem. Yeah, man. So GM3, which I feel is going to be a candidate for, for fight of the night, the, the, or at least the performance of the night. I um, think. I, yeah, I, I support a performance most definitely. Yeah. Fight of the night for sure. Not these two. Oh, really? Mm-mm, not these two. But okay. the next fight, though, in Derek Elkins opening Derek up the main card, Derek Elkins versus Cub Swanson. Now we're talking. Cub Swanson ain't going to be shooting the double for nothing. Derek Elkins ain't going to be shooting the doubles for nothing. This is our first candidate for fight of the night. Okay. What tell you? Uh, do I have to reiterate my feelings about one Cub Swanson? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You can have Elkins and I'll pick Swanson. <laughs> okay. No, I'll fucking, I'm riding with Elkins because back, let me fucking go back into the way back machine, right? It was a fateful night at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for UFC 209, right? They had that shit-ass fucking fight with fucking uh, Tyron Woodley and who's it? Wonder Boy Thompson, who's actually fighting on this card, mm-hmm. right? But uh, that was shit. But what wasn't shit was that fucking fight with uh, with Darren Elkins and uh, Jesus Christ, why am I forgetting the gentleman's name? Um, God, because I th- that to me was like... Night be... train? The night train guy? Freight train? No, it was... Uh... Wait. The guy named Freight Train? What's... Not... Not the uh, not the WCW jobber guy, right? Or that was Ice Train. No, 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 no. Not it wasn't late when I landed where not at all. That was uh, that was uh, not Godfredo Pepe, uh, which I think is the greatest fucking name ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh Mursad Bektik, that's it. UFC 209. Okay. Yeah, that's that one where even Rogan talks about man. Like, fucking Elkins was getting his ass 
attitude. Tired time. Yo, I mean, I was there. We were, like, imagine T-Mobile Arena fucking erupting and going, like, they fucking should stop the fight. People, like, booing, like, that the referee didn't fucking stop the fight. And then, what the fuck? Elkins KOs him? Mm-hmm. And that raw. It's, I mean, I was kind of far back, and I felt that shit. You know, I'd say Darren Elkins and Mersad Bettik. And you know Jalen Turner and Richard Leroy, mm-hmm. those are my two favorite mm-hmm. fights of all time. Mm-hmm. But also, I was there for both of them. So those are the. If you want to get at me and fucking shoot me in the DMs, it's not the greatest fight of all time. Which you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Cool, cool story, bro or <laughs> sis or whatever you identify as. Shout out to you and your uh, sexual orientation. But with that all being said. What I am saying is the two greatest fights, and I've seen a lot of, as you, as have you, been fortunate enough to see some great ass fights. The head and shoulders above the rest. Mm-hmm. Jalen Turner and Richard Leroy and Mursad Bektik and fucking Darren Elkins. And that is why I'm riding with fucking the damage, Darren Elkins. Um, The damage, Darren... Elkins can take a lot of damage, which is why, you know, that's his moniker. But the thing is... It's also his tattoo. Lovely tattoo. Yeah, yeah, right? Dana White loves it. (laughs) The thing here is Cup Swanson enjoys these types of matchup because he's great moving backwards. Darren Elkins will keep coming forward, but Cub will pick him apart. This is... This is a fight custom made for Cub Swanson. Custom made. Granted, he doesn't get tired in the 15 minutes that they're going to be battling. He will beat the shiznit out of Darren Elkin by unanimous decision. I don't think he'll be able to knock out Elkins, but he will beat him down terribly. He might leak him, cut him up real good. but um, And, and he's got very good kicks, very good you know, uh, very good with his hands. Uh, combination striking is really not his thing. But he does throw looping punches, and he throws them from awkward angles. Darren Elkins is more linear, right? He's more linear, while Cub Swanson is broken rhythm, right? His footwork is a little bit better than Elkins, and this is going to keep him from... Uh, keep Cub Swanson from taking a direct shot that could possibly put his lights out. But he will be scoring a whole lot of points on Darren Elkins and uh, win by unanimous decision. But he won't be able to stop Darren Elkins. I don't think so. No, no. And here we go. Here we go. Uh, I really want to get your thoughts on it. Because obviously they're doing the media for this fight on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Cub Swanson. It's one of the reasons why I'm not picking him. Mm. He's all like, hey, yeah, one of the things that he said in past, and a lot of people say he said it in jest, but you can't unsay that. But he's like, hey, if you're fucking reporting on MMA, you should fucking have uh, at least one fight and shit like that. Well, again, his wife, Kenda Perez, who's mm-hmm. that Kenda Swanson, literally hosts a shit ton, and she's great. She's fucking great. She uh, hosts a ton of UFC syndicated shows. You know, UFC Ultimate Knockouts, Top 10, the fucking Pride replays, those syndicated, you know, wraparound shows for the UFC. 
and she hasn't fought one iota. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. But this add to this what Cub Swanson says, right? As UFC featherweight, Cub Swanson years, 15 years of competing on MMA's highest stage, the 38-year-old veteran believes his track record stands as testament to his worth. I think, and I quote, I think the longevity really shows your professionalism because, man, I can tell you how many people have been the next week thing and, like, I've been here, Swanson told MMA Junkie at Wednesday's Media Day at UFC's Apex. The person, this person is the next big thing, and they come, and they have all these big fights, and then they retired. And people don't even remember the name, and mm. I'm still here. Mm. To me, that's impressive. Cry being top 10, top 15 for a decade. Try doing that. It's difficult, especially when life hits, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not the same person when you started. So over the years, you have to keep evolving. And I think I wasn't doing that my entire career, trying to get better, being honest with myself, and not having yes men around <laughs> around me, people telling me how great I am uh, all the time and trying to keep people uh, that were honest around, right? And if I weren't doing those things, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be able to be making money. That's from Cub Swanson. Mm. Your yeah. thoughts? What, one thing that I would say about Cub is um, he's not the greatest on the mic. Um, uh, I believe he would benefit from actually studying his own script before he delivers it. Um, so it can come out better. You know, it would be great if he can think of uh, write down some bullet points of things that he would like to cover, uh, practice it with someone else, perhaps his wife and uh, uh, get her reaction. So when he is in front of the cameras, it doesn't come out sounding annoying like it normally does. Um, But. In that cage, man, he's a beast. He's a beast. I told you, I told you. I uh, I saw, I I was watching YouTube and I saw this highlight of Cub Swanson. And that's why I got my my walkout song uh, uh, when I was an amateur. Actually, both, amateur and pro. Um, um, In for the Kill. In for the Kill by LaRue or something like that. Yeah, I got it from, from Cub Swanson. And um, I owe that 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 to him. I owe that to him. But in regards to cage work, I think his footwork is much better than Darren's, and uh, his awkward style will present some issues for Darren Elkins. No, hundred percent. Uh, but ah, uh, Jesus Christ, Cobb. But I do understand. I do you, understand. Your I I understand what he's saying. But fucking come. The <laughs> fuck you saying, bro? Like, let's see how that shit is when you're 50 and you can't remember your name. <laughs> you know? Like, let's let's go with that. Right? We, you know, UFC has tried. Tried to fucking put you on the commentary team. Right? They didn't require you to have a fucking journalism degree just like you wanted the fucking people with the journalism degrees to fucking have fights. It's just Mm-hmm. Fucking bonkers, Cub. But again, I mean, 
you know what you know what is in my head when I think of Cub Swanson? What? By Ortega. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. The, his fucking tremendous fucking back tattoo as he's getting fucking strangled by Ortega. <laughs> Can I tell you any of fucking Cubs wants to fight? I no, I can't because I mean, again, Brian Ortega did this. And where is Cubs Swanson? He's been here for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And the most memorable fucking thing. I mean, we're talking WEC to UFC. The most memorable. You know, that was he in there with, with fucking Aldo? Mm. You know, you want to talk about featherweights, right? And, uh, you know, and featherweights that made a fuck ton of money. You, you mean to tell me that fucking, like, just being a guy, right? At some point, at some point, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I respect your experience and everything, you know. But, again, you, if you're about that fucking life, you don't have to say, you, you remember when you fucking came into a job, Voodoo, mm-hmm. right? And this this person would be like, oh, I've been here 15 years. <laughs> I've got seniority. So you should treat me with respect. <laughs> and you're like, no, nah, man, fuck. You, you the fucking outdated version of what the fuck this shit is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So get with it or get lit and shit like that. This is what Cub Swanson is sounding like to me. As... Somebody passed his sell-by date, you know, and all he has is this. All he has is this. Is he going to be a fucking contender? No. You know? Like, yes, you got a fucking unanimous decision. You survived against Crone Gacy. Cool, bro. But look, Ortega, Frankie Edgar, Moicano, Shane Burgos. Good God. You know? You got fucking, you know, and the- body kick. By Jiga Chikatsi. And look, Jiga Chikatsi is fucking in eventing a fucking fight night. What yeah. are you doing, Cub? Like next week or something like that. January, isn't it? Yes, something like that. Yeah. January 15, mm. right? Yeah. And Cub Swanson? Yeah, yeah. See, that that's what we that's what we talk about. You know, like Cub Swanson is a very good fighter, but then he lacks. He lacks mic skills, and I don't know about his platform. You know, his platform doesn't seem to be in his existence. Yes, he has a Instagram and whatever, but I don't believe it's doing what it's supposed to do. So, hey, his Killer it, Cub T-shirts are fucking awesome. Dude. Those I sh- actually, as much as I'm fucking, you know, I, I mean, I'm just pointing out, I, I'm not. You know, the couple times that I've been around Cub, he's been, you know, a gent, just an absolute gentleman. So I'm not, I'm not trying to talk shit about him. In fact, it's not about talking shit. It's a fact. He's great on the mic, and his his social media is not that great either. But he is a very good fighter. So he's got one third. He's got one out of three. And that's not enough to be a megastar in the UFC. It's not enough to make a lot of money in the UFC. But we will say Cub did realize this as he branched out into business, selling T-shirts and merchandise. At least that can supplement his paycheck that he's not getting from the UFC. 
cage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, good luck. But for me, again, you know, this is a battle of the chess set. It's Cub Swanson SoCal versus Darren Elkins, the damage, you know, so fuck yeah, man. And I, you know, I mean, Cub Swanson fell to a fucking, you know, a fucking body kick, a fucking liver shot last time out, man. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if Elkins, if Elkins can fucking do that, you got to remember, fucking Elkins, these are two super gyms. You got Elkins out of fucking Team Alpha Male up in Sacramento, Cub mm-hmm. Swanson training with, you know, all those fucking beasts at the fucking training lab. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, under Mark Munoz, and you've got, obviously, um, shit, TJ Dillashaw. You got fucking... Uh, the Spartan. Spart- uh, yeah, uh, Archuleta. Archuleta. The current fucking Bellator champ, you know, those are some, and they got some young fucking guns too, you know, Adrian the future, like shit, man. Um, so this is this is a fight of it's gonna be a, so, like so, like we said, it's gonna be our first fight of the night. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's our first candidate right there. I think so. I think so. You know, now we've got Diego Fiera. Right, seventeen and four against Mateus Gamrock. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, Diego Fiera, right, uh, ugh, coming off of two straight losses. Right, two straight losses over uh, Benel Del Rio's split decision and Gregor Gillespie. He gets ground and pound. Then he gets TKO. Right, but before that, he was having a hell of a run. Oliver Auburn Mercier. Right, Jared Gordon, mm-hmm. Kyle Nelson, Rusan Kabalov, Kabalov, right? Mm-hmm. What well, was that hard to say? Mm-hmm. Marbeck Heismoff. But you might not know any of these names, but guess what? This name you're about to know Anthony Showtime fucking Pettis. He finishes Showtime Pettis, right? Mm-hmm. But it's been a long, long time since that happened. That was back in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Pettis is now in Bellator, right? PF. Oh, PFL. Yes, he's he's in PFL, right? So there you go. You know, and even Pettis' brother is fucking dude. He just won the title at Bellator, right? So Pettis is in PFL losing. Oh, yeah. But see, his time is up, man. It is what it is. Either he's going to reinvent himself or just retire. You know, it makes no sense for him oh. to be losing PFL. Not to say PFL is not, you know. PFL is banging. Shit. They're banging. They're banging, but they're not the top tier. They're not the top tier. They're like three or four down okay. the line. Okay. I mean, you win that fucking tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, get, you know, yeah. but. But he but, didn't. But, the second round, he lost I, in the very first round. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Well, I mean, maybe he should take his, uh, you know, his WEC compatriot, Cub Swanson's advice, right? In uh, been here 15 years, right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Diego Fiera, who man, two straight losses now on the other side of the cage. He's going against a near-perfect Matthias Gamer Gamrot, right? Mm-hmm. Just losing one fight, and that was to um, Guram. Guram 
back in 2020. You right? know Crum, right? He's the uh, uh, that was the, that fight under uh, the Korean zombie Brian Ortega. Was yeah. that on Fight Island? Yeah, yep. that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the homeboy of uh, of uh, Hamza Jimayev. Oh, Jimayev, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a particular. This is a fight that Guram felt he lost, but he won. You know, he told his opponent, "You know, you you beat me," but the referees gave it to Guram. So this fella here is a very good fighter, very good striker. He's a wrestler. Um, his uh, hand and feet. Uh, situation is going to be much better than Diego Fierra's, Ferreira or whatever his name is. Uh, I'm going with Matheus Gamera yeah. to win this one by beautiful destruction. He's going to yeah. pick him apart. He might not knock him out, but he's going to pick him apart. And I actually see him winning by unanimous decision, not split decision. Well, I actually have Matheus fucking finishing. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. How is it gonna happen? I don't get. I don't know what round it's gonna happen. It could be a KO. It could be a fucking TKO. It could be a submission of some sort. But yeah. the gamer is gonna be fucking player one. Yeah. You Diego know? Diego Fierro went to a split decision against Benil Dariush. But one thing we know about Benil Dariush is he doesn't move his feet. He stands there and he bangs. He's not afraid of anyone. But in this day and age, movement. Is the key to victory and the key to success and the key to 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 not getting hit so much. This is the edge that Matthews is bringing to the table, and this is the edge that's going to help him either win by unanimous decision or by knockout, like you are saying. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and if it, it, I mean, depending on how Diego falls, this could be a performance of the night. Fucking uh, recipient. Agreed. One yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, and Husky518 says, hello, gentlemen. Hello, Husky. What's up, Husky? Yeah, man. Uh, but two gentlemen who aren't Husky at all is uh, Ricky Sim Simon. And, hey. Yes. And Rafael Asensal. Right? Because this is going down in the Bantamweight division. Right? Simon, 18 and 3. Uh Hailing from the American top team, the famed American top team, right? Uh, losing to Uriah Faber on your Faber's comeback, right? And Rob Font, right? But mm -hmm. between those, man, you know, wins over Marab Devashili, right? Which they're they're looking at, you know, Marab being. If you, I mean, if you guys listen to the uh, Rogan podcast with Marlon Chito Vera, which I absolutely, even if you're not a fight fan, go ahead and seek that fucking episode out. Just the way that that Chito's fucking mind is and, and heart and everything like that. It's an incredible story, you know? Um, but, you know, the, Marab is somebody who fucking Chito is like, that could be my fucking path to the title. Marab mm -hmm. is a fucking beast, man. They went on the fucking three-minute tangent on just how scary that Marab is, both Rogan and Chito, right? Mm -hmm. So that's saying something. Benicia Zani, right? At, at back in LFA, uh, Ricky Simone has a fucking, um, you know, win over. And I believe he's a former LFA title because that was a LFA title, Bantamweight title fight. Uh, shout out to 
Venetiani of mm-hmm. Brazil, formerly of Brackhouse. Uh, he's killing it in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Montel Jackson, R- Ronnie Yaya, he fucking beat Ronnie Yaya. Ronnie Yaya is fucking beat the, sh- beat the shit out of everyone, submitting the shit out of everyone. Did he just fight last weekend? <laughs> Goddamn, Ronnie Yaya. <laughs> shit, yeah. But the fact that fucking Ricky Simone has a win over Marab, Venetius, Montel Jackson, Ronnie Yaya, Ray Borg, and Brian Keller. Fuck, man. It's, ooh, buddy. I don't, and then you've got Rafael Osansao, right? Many people believe this is the next successor. This is going to be the Aldo of the Bantamweight division, right? Uh, he's the next big thing, next big thing. And, I mean, obviously, sitting now at 27 and 8 of a record, uh, but he is 39 years old, man. And this one could be his last outing with the UFC because he went on a hell of a run. Well, lost to TJ Dillashaw, right, Uh, at UFC 200. Mm -hmm. And then, but went on a hell of a win streak against Aljamain Sterling, who's now the the champ. Right, Martin Marais, who's the fucking World Series of Fighting Bantamweight champion, right? Matthew Lopez and Rob Font. Again, Rob Font, who's fucking, you know, headlining a fucking card, right? But then lost three in a row to Marlon Marais, right? The rematch. Corey Sanhagen, mm-hmm. right? Who just lost the fucking Eliminator fight, right? But not by much, right? And Former Bantamweight champion Cody Garbrandt, right? That's your who could forget that fucking buzzer beater, right? Cody Gar Cody Garbrandt, bah, right hook, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, was at at yeah. the hands of uh, a sensao, you know. So unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go. Uh, unfortunately for Rafael Sensao, I'm going with Ricky Simon. Uh, I'm also going with Ricky Simone because uh, Rafael Sunsau been in the UFC for a very long time. He was part of the acquisition of the WEC. His was one of the contracts that was bought when the UFC bought WEC. So he's been in the game for for some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Been in the UFC since Field TV and all that versus he he went through all He's been, he, he's a lifer. The, Uf, the the president of the UFC says this is an opportunity, not a job. But right. he's one of that has made it a job. Um, unfortunately, I believe his time has run out. He is currently number 14, and the young Ricky Simone at 88 wants that spot. And who better than Ricky Simone to move up the ladder? the speed ladder and go all the way up to spot number 14, making himself a top 15. This right here is going to be a war of attrition. Who is in better shape? Ricky Simone is a fantastic wrestler. Rafael Sunsau is an older phenomenal Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. We all know the anti-jiu-jitsu is wrestling. Simone has been in there with some significant top level individuals such that he can understand what Ricky, I mean, Raphael is trying to do to him and therefore defend very well and win no less than a split decision victory. Either way, Ricky Simone will move up to place number 14. And the Sun South 
will be retiring. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can see it. And uh, you know what a career for Asunta. What could have been really um, is is what you can say. You know, and but you mentioned about a speed ladder that that Ricky Simone is on, and here's a little bit of a, a public. Uh, how do you say? A public announcement, right? If you are someone who is battling an addiction of speed, or or might have a phobia of ladders, mm-hmm. well, we honestly and sincerely hope you get help. Because, um, you know, that's a traumatic instance. Speed, need for speed, fast and furious, and the fucking, uh, whatever fucking drug that is, it's, that shit ain't nothing to play with. It's like Victoria's old WWF theme song. I ain't one to play with. Mm-hmm. And shit like that. And ladders, you know, I just saw a clip of this fucking guy uh, who dressed his, his house like the Christmas vacation movie, right? And even had a fucking mannequin of Clark Griswold, and this yeah. other, this silly motherfucker was like, "Hey, hey, grab the ladder, grab the ladder," because he thought it was a real fucking person, right? Yeah. So that person probably has a fucking fear of ladders because he thought a fake Clark Griswold was hanging off the fucking side of the house, right? So if you have a a problem with speed or a problem with ladders, we encourage you not to watch any WWE tables, ladders, and chairs, ladder matches, or whatever. And not to fucking get on on Moss. So yeah. there you go. The more you know, and knowing is half the battle. GI Joe, <laughs> real American hero. Ah, uh, we had some of that January sixth. Yeah. Uh, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> but speaking of another day, uh, Amanda Lemos, ten one and one. Right, uh, she is on a hell of a roll. Right, a jungle fight champion, and Jesus Christ, man, jungle fight in terms of you know, as Brazilian fighters ascending into the UFC, jungle fight is like no other, right? Shout out tomorrow, Israel, and the, the rest of the team for jungle fight. That is the preeminent, preeminent Brazilian um, federation to send people into the UFC. Right, but uh, she beat she lost to her only loss is to Leslie Smith, right? But uh, obviously, you know, spent most of her career in jungle fight, right? But after the the loss to to uh, Leslie Smith, she fucking beats Miranda Granger, shit, Miranda Danger Granger, mm-hmm. fuck, Mizuki Inoue, Lavinia Sousa. Those are two, I mean, in Granger and Sousa, two former Invicta champions, right? And fuck yeah, she fucking KO'd Montserrat Ruiz because that's what you do. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, on the other side of the docket is the always entertaining, the anti-Cub Swanson. She is Angela over Keel Hill. She is somebody who has always, always, always... Um, figured out a way to show her personality in front of the camera at weigh-ins, you know, her and Karen Bryant were the first, I believe, uh, African American females mm-hmm. to, to basically do a UFC broadcast, you mm-hmm. know, 
uh, to mm-hmm. co-host. Fuck yeah, man. And Angela Hill, it, she's, I mean, to think about it, she didn't even know what the fuck MMA was, right? Mm-hmm. You know what, seven years ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She, did, she didn't know what it was and, you know, wanted to do, like, the cardio kickboxing, whatever, walked into a Muay Thai gym, and they're like, hey, you're pretty fucking good. Mm. Pretty fucking good. How about you do a fucking lion fight? She literally, in her first fucking fight, I think that was like six weeks into her training, she started got lion fight. Mm. The preeminent fucking U.S. Muay Thai promotion. Right? Mm-hmm. And then fucking, after that, you know, she has this, uh, you know, a fucking KO over Stephanie Skinner. But then goes to the ultimate fighter and she loses to the double champ, right? The 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 she's somebody who's a pioneer, right? The first Invictus Strawweight champion and the first UFC Strawweight champion in the cookie monster Carlos Barza. Mm-hmm. But she loses rear naked shirt. Obviously, Angela over Kill Hill is somebody who is always evolving, always um showing you that personality and mm-hmm. has an eye out to what is out for her in her career mm-hmm. uh, at post, post-fighting. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with fucking Angela Hill. Mm-hmm. Well, Angela Hill, like you said, always improving, always getting better, always showing a different look every time we see her in the cage. But unfortunately for her, she's in there with Amanda... Limos, known to come forward, known to bring a fight. But the thing is, when you look at Angela's record, when you look at the people that she's lost to, these are people that are either excellent grapplers, such that they submit her, or they're they're people who bring the fight. See, Angela has learned to to be a very good point fighter. She's very good at scoring a whole lot of points and and winning that way. You see lots of decision victories on her record, which is which is smart. There's nothing wrong with it. But unfortunately, she's going in there against Amanda. Amanda is that type of person that seeks and destroys. Seek and destroy. This is her game. Seek and destroy. She learned from her last loss to Leslie Smith that uh, elbows are a serious thing, which Angela Hill is very good at. But since then... She's fought several times, and she's won. So I believe she's going to bring the fight. She's going to keep Angela on their heel. And everyone knows it's very taxing when you fight on your, off, off, the, off the back leg. It's very taxing. And um, um, though Amanda might not get the knockout, she will get the victory because of pressure. Land, land, she will land the hardest shots. And there's a possibility we might even see a knockout. Amanda is that devastated. When you look at a record, lots of first-round knockouts, second-round knockout. The fight usually doesn't go the distance when she fights. Very rare that, that she goes the distance. And But Angela has the skills to take her the distance, which is why I'm saying split decision. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. Um Fuck yeah, man! It's it's gonna be a fun one. I I feel that'll be real nice. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. But you know what else is nice? We are at the co-main events of the evening. 
and one I actually really don't give a shit about. Uh, we've got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson against Bilal. Remember thy name, Muhammad. And yeah. again, I go back to fucking. You, you got the fire up the UFC Fight Pass, fire up the ESPN Plus, and go back to that fateful night of UFC 209, and listen to the booze. Mm-hmm. And the, you, you know, as some some combat sports, you know, organizations have uh, been called up to task for essentially sweetening the crowd. Are you familiar with the term sweetening the crowd? Mm-hmm. Where they mix in crowd noise that isn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can tell you, right? The booze come across pretty fucking loud and clear mm-hmm. on the broadcast. And I can tell you, they didn't sweeten the card one iota. I, again, I've been to a lot of wrestling, a lot of MMA, a lot of combat sports. My dad was a musician, been to a lot of concerts and whatever. I have never, ever heard the chorus of booze mm. as yeah. UFC 209 and Woodley and Thompson. Yeah, and, and don't be surprised if you see a whole bunch of booze in this particular matchup, too, because when you deal with a Steve Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, when you deal with a character like this, you have to fight him in such a disgusting way uh, uh, that brings about that brings about all the bulls, uh, booze. Bilal Muhammad does not want to stand with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He doesn't want to do that because if he does that, he's gonna get picked apart and he could possibly get knocked out with one of them feet slapping him in his face. Mm-hmm. So what he's gonna do is he's gonna do what he has to do to get close. Take him to the ground. He's gonna hug him, put him on the fence, and try and steal the rounds at the very tail end of the round. Uh, if Bilal is lucky, he'll get the takedowns and he'll be able to wear him down. And, and, I mean, Wonderboy would not get tired, but you know, he, he just needs to burn the clock. Like like in football, the the very good coaches will run the ball so they can burn the clock and then score. And by the time the other team gets the ball, there's not enough time on the on the clock to score. So this is a strategy that's going to work for Bilal Muhammad if he's able to execute it. But I don't think he will be able to because Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has very good takedown defense. He's very, very good wrestling. He's a master of distance management. He throws excellent one-two punches. Bilal would just not be able to do what he needs to do. Even though Bilal is a very good striker himself, I don't think he will be able to get in close, which will trigger the the the, the clinch and the takedowns. But it's just going to be a mess of a fight. It's going to be a mess of a fight. Yeah, uh, It's not going to be exciting. It's a terrible co-main event. Uh, Wonderboy will win, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know what's going to be my favorite moment of this fight? The main event of the evening. <laughs> no, I'm saying this fight. <laughs> I don't know. What is it going to be? When it's over? <laughs> well, that. And then when it, right before it starts, because <laughs> I'm going to hear one of my favorite songs of all time, Tenacious D's Wonder Boy. Okay. 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 And then after it, I'm going to be waiting for it to fucking end because it's <laughs> going to be garbage use. Good God. So, uh, but speaking of things that might not be garbage juice, we are at the main event of the evening. We have Chris Dawkins, right? Big year for fucking Chris Dawkins, man, because he's fighting 
who's somebody, all intents and purposes, uh, if UFC fucking would have booked this shit right, uh, one of the inter- I mean, one of the fucking title holders uh, in the UFC heavyweight division, Derek the Black Beast Lewis, right? Now, obviously, uh, uh, let's go with Dawkins, right? 12 and 3 is Chris Dawkins. This is a gentleman who, I mean, pre pandemic wasn't even in the UFC, but makes his fucking UFC debut against Parker Porter, where he fucking TKOs Parker Porter, right? Then he fucking next night, Rodrigo Nascimento, right? Fucking hooks to the body, KOs Rodrigo, right? Mm-hmm. Alexei Olenek, the Nosratu looking motherfucker mm-hmm. that, swear to God, you know, every time he fucking fights, I like, he could just get you into the fucking Nosratu. Yeah. Doesn't Olenek look like fucking Nosratu? And Nosratu didn't fucking know how to grapple. Fucking Olenek. Knows how to fucking grapple like a motherfucker, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, if you want to fucking t- or talk about a heavyweight fucking uh, match, I want to see Old Nick versus fucking Barnett. Yes. Just let those two fucking big water buffaloes just whatever and exchange fucking submission holds. Mm-hmm. I want nothing. Like, I, I know, I don't know what the fuck Old Nick is doing. I don't know if he's in the UFC, but fucking Sakuraba booked this shit, bro. Because. Old Nick versus Barnett and, and fucking Quintet. Fuck it. And you yep. make that a super fight. If you don't want to do fucking team, you don't want to fucking tag out this whatever. Ah, fuck that. You Barnett Olnick. And you have that shit in Saitama Super Arena. Fuck yes. You do that. Hell yes. So I'm just saying. But yeah, and that you know, as a win over Old Nick, right? Shamil Aburakov. Abu Burakamov, right? Mm-hmm. He fucking finished him too. So he's finished, finished motherfuckers just right and left in his UFC tenure. He's undefeated in the UFC. When you know what that got him? The fucking Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Holy shit. You know what this reminds me of? What? WWF Brawl for All, mm. right? Where they wanted fucking Dan the Beast Severn. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, to mm-hmm. win, right? And Steve, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, one of the toughest motherfuckers alive. So, yeah, let's do that. Let's, that that's the way that we're going to introduce him, right? But he gets fucked up. I think he tears his ACL, <laughs> fucks, fucks his shit up and whatever, and gets KO'd, right? Dad Severn is in here, too, and it doesn't do well. Like, Godfather actually had a fucking mean-ass look. He fucking knocks out Bradshaw or whatever. But the culmination, you have Bart Gunn, of all people. The fucking half of the smoking guns. Half of the smoking guns. Not even Billy. Not even Mr. Ass. Right? You got Bart Gunn beating the shit out of everyone and winning Brawl for All. And you know what his fucking prize was? But a bang. Yep, getting KO'd by Butterbean in fucking 13 seconds at Mania in Boston or whatever the fuck. And in his WWE career immediately. Yeah. No, he, I mean, he, as Mike Martin, he ends up having a hell of a fucking career in Japan after it. You know, you know, so there, there's there's nothing wrong there. But uh, Jesus Christ, man. This is, you know, hey, Chris Dacus, 
you've done well. You're undefeated in the UFC. This that Barrett Lewis is fucking crazier than fucking Butterbean. I yeah. swear to God. Now, if Chris Stockis finds a way to fuck up Derek Lewis, you know, holy shit, that might be a second upset of of the what the month, the week, whatever. So back to be. so it shall be because yeah. that's exactly what's gonna happen. It's gonna be another. So? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, um, when you when you watch Dawkins, when you watch him fight, the one thing you want to you're gonna notice when you, when you really think about it is the footwork. What do you notice about all these heavyweights? They're stuck in the mud like Conor McGregor. Yeah. Stuck in the mud, flat-footed. Dawkins is not like that. He moves his feet. We talk about Dawkins, Cyril Gunn. I keep telling you, man, Cyril Gunn is going to beat Francis Ngannou. Yeah. I don't want it to happen, but he's going to beat him. He's not going to beat him by knocking him out or injuring him. Uh, he's going to beat him by sticking and moving. And that's what Chris Dawkins is going to do for 25 minutes. He's going to stick and move. Uh, uh, what's that other fella's name that from England? Uh, the new guy. Oh. Um, Aspinall. Aspinall. Tom Aspinall. These dudes, yeah. These dudes are the new up-and-coming dudes that are going to shake up the division. Surreal gone. Dawkins. Aspinall. These three fellas are going to shake up the division. It's going to... The, the championship is going to be revolving between the three of them. You you mark my words and see. Uh, granted, Chris Dawkins doesn't get touched by a phantom looping shot. He is going to control this match from the very beginning to the very end. But 25 minutes is a long time. And it only takes one shot from Derek Lewis to put your lights out. But... I'm banking my money on on Chris Dawkins. I'm right. banking my money on Chris Dawkins. Uh, it's a 50-50. I'm sure you like Derek Lewis, which is fantastic. But I'm no. going to Chris Dawkins on this one. Uh, you, you know what? I, I just, man, the, the, the bumblefuck booking of the UFC's heavyweight division at a time where you've got a lot of fucking players. This this reminds me of, of boxing, right? We have uh, Tyson Fury. You got Anthony Joshua. You've got um, the the gent who was like, "Oh, I fucking lost because of uh, my fucking headdress on." But that shit never bothered Triple H any. You know, he had a fucking gold and whatever. You see, fucking Scott Steiner talking about his fucking headdress weighing him down. No, no. But that other guy, the guy what with the uh, God, I can't remember his name. He. He might as well be Bilal Muhammad. I, I can't remember the the gent's name, but uh, you, you know. And then you got Andy Ruiz, right? So you've got four heavyweights that you know kind of garner the attention of the pop culture lexicon, right? And here we go, right? You've got Gone, you've got Nganu, you got Derek Lewis, right? You, you we ain't talking about fucking Curtis Wade's. Nobody's fucking talking about Curtis Wade's. Yeah, damn, you know that shit ain't happening. So with that all being said, right? This is how I kind of feel because they, you know, they didn't want to wait another month for fucking Francis, right? They're like, we want fucking a title change. And that title change being Derek Lewis in Houston, his fucking hometown, where he fucking save a bunch of people in the fucking hurricane, whatever the fuck. That's what we're going to do. Whatever the fuck. Oh, Francis, you don't want to fucking come? Cool. All right. Gone. Sub and gone for an interim fucking title. 
And guess what? God beats the shit out of Lewis, right? KOs him, finishes him in his own fucking town. So I'm just saying the UFC, if Derek Lewis, if Derek Lewis loses on Saturday night, this mm-hmm. is the biggest bumble fucking of a once in a generation talent, once in a lifetime talent like Derek Lewis. I'm not saying that, I'm not just talking about like, you know, fight acumen or whatever. Derek Lewis is, himself will tell you mm-hmm. he's not the fucking ardent the fighter. He just wants to make the fucking money and whatever. But the fact that we, don't, we don't even know fucking Derek Lewis, but we know what? My boss is hot, mm-hmm. Popeye's chicken, mm-hmm. and his fucking Instagram page. Where yes. I've, take, I've, I've sourced a lot of my fucking material from him. So I'm just saying, this is a guy who He's figured it out. He's yep. figured it out. He's got and the trinity. Absolutely. And the fact that if they just serve him up to this young guy of Chris Dawkins and mm-hmm. he fuck and Dawkins wins, fucking UFC, you fucked up. But you fucked up. But but the thing is, uh Derek Lewis is a victim of his own success. You see, when you win and you win and you win. How many more cans are we going to give you? You got to start fighting the top guys. But unfortunately, the top guys are, 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 I mean, he's already gotten a title shot. What else do you want? He's giving it. He's he, being got a, he got an interim title shot. That's a title, man. When you win the interim title, that's a world title, bro. It counts. All right. You t- talk to me when they got a fight. Wait, this is the same organization that doesn't want to do a weight class every 10 pounds, right? Buddy. 170 to 185, 185 to 205, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to fucking do an atom weight division mm-hmm. for the women's MMA. Yeah. This is this is the same place. Yeah. Right. So I'm just but that title counts. It goes down in history. Like it sure. counts, it, it counts for a fucking ruby if you defend that shit. They yeah. give you like a fucking what is it? You remember those little fucking gem zords or whatever the fuck you collect the thing in the troll's belly? That's yeah. it's literally what the fucking UFC legacy belt is. It's a fucking gem troll, whatever. You defend your title, ooh, here we go. And you gotta fucking send that shit to them. So you don't even have so go ahead and fucking get a, a, a autograph signing going, right? Go ahead and get an autograph signing. You as the fucking championship. Oh, where's your belt? Oh, I fucking send it off to get a fucking gem rider shit like that. Guinevere and the fucking jewel riders and shit like that. <laughs> God damn, this is stupid. I am, I'm sorry. The UFC title looks like shit. The new one and the the ideology. Nobody told you UFC that you every title defense you give the fucking champion another fucking title. Nobody said that. Yeah, they don't do that. It's cost effective to use the the diamond the gem idea. Yeah, uh, y- each y- each belt before was thirty thousand dollars. Yes, but who said you just give them the same fucking belt and you're twenty five fucking? Imagine if Ric Flair had sixteen fucking world championships. God damn, he probably would have sold every one of them the fucking alimony as many times as that motherfucker got sued or fucking divorced and shit like that. But imagine, uh, imagine doing that shit. If you Flair, if you fucking Kurt Angle. Hey, like, hey, the, these these dudes are cool and all, but let's get into some serious news, man. I hear Nate Diaz has gotten his uh, contract extended 
now they're talking about him and Dustin Poirier. I like that fight. I like that fight. Yeah, Big. dude. I hope that fucking Diaz doesn't do that shit where his brother did and fucking just. I said, "Fuck this shit. I'm out." Yep. Uh, I, but that's that. That's what you you get it. Um. You, I, I want Diaz to win. I mean, that's 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 where I'm at. He's good for business. It's He's good for business. The same way we went for Conor McGregor in the very beginning. Yeah. Conor was good for business. Because yeah, of Conor, now Nate is good for business. Yeah. You know? Now anyone Nate fights becomes a superstar because they fought Nate. And all that can be attributed to Conor. You know? Conor is the, the, the Don Juan of this, the, this whole shit. You know what I'm saying? Without him, it's gonna sink, like he said. Um, um, even even the current lightweight champion is talking about I'll give Conor McGregor <laughs> Conor McGregor the title shot. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah, not? Because you know what the fuck is gonna happen? <laughs> he's gonna fucking save the favelas yeah. with that fucking ass load of money that he's gonna he's get. He's gonna rebuild the favela and turn them yeah. into Beverly. Uh, uh, Hollywood Hills, straight yeah. up. Well, you know, that's the funny thing, right? Because, I mean, shout out to Terane uh, Jiu-Jitsu and uh, the fucking uh, uh, Nico. Uh, Nico from Terane and uh, uh, the uh, BJJ Goons podcast. But, you know, Brazil, right? The favelas is the opposite of everywhere else, right? All the, like, I was driving around La Crescenta and fucking South Pasadena. In the hills, you got the fucking big-ass house of rich people, right? It's flipped on its ass in, in Brazil. But the favelas is like, oh, there's fucking sketch all around and whatever. And then you descend into the fucking city. That mm -hmm. shit is wild. Wow. So I, I'm just saying, you fucking Charles Oliveira, that's the smartest thing you ever fucking done. You why fucking the hell would I, why would I want to fight a Justin Gage when I can fight a Conor McGregor? Someone I know will be a stand-up fighter. You know what I mean? He won't really kick me. Even if he kicks me, he's not that very good at kicking. You know what I mean? Justin Gage is a, a specialist at kicking. He injures folks with his kicks alone. Not talking about his, the power in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like a zombie. He's just going to keep coming and coming and he doesn't get tired. And he's going to keep coming and keep throwing his, his, his bones at you. Dustin, mm -hmm. uh, not Dustin, uh, 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 Gagey. Gagey throws his bones at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he doesn't care. He's just reckless. You can even hear in his speech that he's starting to slur. He's starting to <laughs> he slur. was slurring in fucking World Series of fight. Yeah. yeah. Not, not even his not the, I mean, down. <laughs> and guess what? World Series of fight didn't you every time you defended your title, didn't give you a fucking title for every time you fucking defended it. God damn. Yeah. Oh. So shit. Look, look at this dumb shit, right? In terms of ideology. You as a champion, right? You get announced as a champion, but you don't get to walk out with your fucking belt. But but in the interim title is a fucking world title, and you won't have a title at or a division every fucking 10 pounds. Like shit is wild. Shit is wild. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I just I don't I don't know, but yeah. Fucking Gaethje has been slurring his words since World Series of Fight. And they ain't even a World Series of Fight anymore. They PFL now. Like, mm -hmm. that motherfucker been slurring his words all day, every day. Do I love to? Uh, but you want to talk about Reckless? This is a dude talking about an interim fucking title. As soon as he won that shit, he fucking threw that shit. In. God damn. He says, fuck this. I want the real one. 
<laughs> so I'm yeah, just in the real one. Yeah, I mean, I, and the real one is really fucking Conor McGregor. So shout out to fucking Charles Oliveira for fucking staking your claim and shit like that. Hey, um, hey, 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 the last fight uh, Charles Oliveira fought in, uh, he spoke a bunch of uh, uh, Portuguese, but in the end, he finished off with English. Tell me these dudes aren't listening to us, man. Tell are. me these dudes aren't listening to us. Even I if they're not the ones. Hey, they're listening to us, man. Hey, man, go ahead and like, share, and subscribe, man. Stop hating. Stop hating. You're steady, taking notes, taking notes. Everything we discuss, you're taking notes, and then you don't show no love. Show some love. Stop hating. Stop hating. Like, share, and subscribe. Tell your homies to like, share, and subscribe too, and pass it on like a ripple effect. Even those motherfuckers, you, you we're about to get into the holidays and shit. You, you know, at at Melta, who brings up that stale ass fruitcake and shit like that. You know, don't even put rum in it. What the fuck are you doing, at Zelda? You fucking tell you you get her to fucking work the interwebs and shit like that because she knows how to dye her hair. She knows how to fucking put, put on the fucking. Silky slockings and shit like that, making you all weird and shit, and you know, having weird thoughts about you know stuffing Aunt Zelda's turkey and shit like that. You might be from Kentucky when you're doing it, but I digress. But yeah, fucking go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Give credit where credit is due. God damn it! Don't Give look at my fucking credit because it sucks. Like, share, and subscribe, homie. Let it be known. Let it be known. Like, share, and subscribe because that's, that's it is what it is. We are kicking mad game, and y'all are picking it up and eating it up because it's facts. Yeah, facts. I just kicked and, fucking Candyland, and my dog's eating that shit up. So we kicked the game and we ate it up. Yeah. Stop hating. Like, share, and subscribe. My boy over there is according to Woods. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Oh, by the way, this weekend at 10 a.m., join us for the one and only Shohei Yamamoto in the house. We finally got Shohei Yamamoto, and he will be with us 10 a.m. So make sure y'all tune in and, and let it be known. Hey, Shohei doesn't really do interviews. You know what I mean? Even before we could get him, it took a while. We had to try over and over again. This man is 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 a respectable Japanese fella, and and he's all about bushido. He doesn't BS. He, he I mean, wait. You know what? We're not gonna give you any. Just wait. Tune in yeah. Saturday, ten a.m. Then you get all the Shohei Yamamoto that that you can. You, you will see. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing, right? He is a disciple of one Josh Warmaster Barnett and a teammate of a gentleman who's making his UFC debut in Victor Henry. So again, you're going to get insight that you never probably would have got right before, literally an hour or two before Victor Henry makes his UFC debut. So I'm just saying. If that doesn't sell you, I fucking don't know what to tell you, man. Hey, but, hey, hey! All those, all those side notes are great and all, but the Shohei Yamamoto story is inspiring, and I cannot wait to share his story with the world, man. He's an awesome individual. From the very first time I met him, I knew that dude right there is special, special. But his story, his story, will 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 make you. Respect him. 
damn right. So no. Shohei, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, that's 1 a.m. Eastern, uh, what is it, 11 Central, and I don't know, Micmac in Australia. I don't know how that shit works out. It's all weird. You guys are fucking grilling kangaroos and shit. So I'm just saying. But again, like, share, and subscribe to Voodoo in the Woods, right? Uh, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. Voodoo in the Woods. Uh, you can also find us on bodyslap.net mm-hmm. and also the uh, Twitter page. So we're on Twitter too. So go ahead, like, share, and subscribe to Voodoo in the Woods podcast. And we will see you not just 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time Saturday, right before the UFC. But also, Sunday, we're going to break this shit all down for you yet again. We're doing the good work so you don't have to. So sit back, relax, take off your pants and jacket. Unless you're a fucking offender, don't take that shit off. But we will see you later with more Voodoo in the Woods.